You are listening to a White Phosphorus Pictures podcast. Broadcasting under the night sky from the edge of an undisclosed jungle on the Gulf of Mexico, I'm Christopher Garitano, your voice in the night. For the next hour, allow me to be your guide into the bizarre unknown, the fantastic macabre, and together we'll journey to that borderland between fiction and reality, a place beyond all rational explanation. We are now off to the witch. He is the recipient of the 2003 National Book Foundation Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters, and his gripping new novel, Cell, is available right now on Amazon.com. Of course, please welcome Stephen King. But it seems to me when I was reading this that you, we probably have that in common. For a long time, I resisted modern technology. I still am not very good at it. But it seems like, I mean, it's about a, a, a... people who use cell phones become kind of zombies who get involved in groupthink and want to dominate the world. Frederick Nietzsche said, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks back into you. And boy, I'll tell you what, when you open your cell phone and make a call, one of the things that we've learned about this whole wiretapping scandal and the, the thing with the Bush administration is when you're listening to the net, you know, it's, uh, can you hear me now? Guess what? They hear you just fine. A lot of people listening. That was an interview with the mighty Stephen King regarding his 2006 novel, Cell, an apocalyptic horror story about a mysterious signal that abducts the minds of the world's population, turning them into murderous zombies. Tonight's guest believes that we are currently under the influence of a similar nefarious signal, and we'll hear her perspective after this commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Off to the Witch podcast, where we explore that bizarre borderline between fiction and reality and all subjects arcane. Journey over to my YouTube channel and subscribe now at youtube.com slash at off to the witch for a variety of extras and special features, including the off to the witch mini docs with further insights on many of the latest episodes, as well as previews and behind the scenes of my forthcoming investigative series off to the witch presents, as well as the anniversary edition of my motion picture documentary Montauk Chronicles and follow us on social media. All links are available at linktree.com slash garitano7, G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O-7. And stay tuned for more Off to the Witch. We'll go to the country and start a life. Leave? Go down to the station. We'll get on a train and we'll get in our own private compartment. New Year's Eve, Terminal 13, Maya and Ben. That's beautiful. That was strange. The TV turned itself on. What's going on? Why isn't anything working? Everybody's out in the hallway. That's the same sound that was coming through the phone. What's the matter in the attic?
there it was. One out of two people just started killing each other. They just decided to kill people. Listen to me. The girl in the car. Do you hear that? Did you see where she went? She was going to find you. We've got to find her. Welcome back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and tonight's guest, KB Visions, originally told her very personal and harrowing story on Off to the Witch episode number 60, Bioweapon Conspiracies. Tonight, she returns for a discussion regarding the possibility that fictional tales like Stephen King's Cell or the brilliant 2007 motion picture The Signal could be or is happening in our reality. So here's my interview with KB Visions. Let's go back for a minute briefly and talk about when your mind may have been on other things and you didn't consider any of this outside of what you saw in the science fiction world or in fantasy. You didn't always believe in this stuff, did you? No, I never paid attention to it. I didn't really watch. I mean, I guess I watched a lot of movies, but... I always kind of, it was, I had this weird, I don't know, dichotomy with sci-fi movies because I didn't, I kind of didn't want to watch them. But then after I realized they were everything, you know, I watched some here and there. So I never really paid attention to the world. In fact, I had um, these two women a long time ago try to uh, wake me up, so to say. And they were talking about things with the government and what was going on. And I was like, that's not happening. That's just, that's not, it's not, that's not true. And uh, I remember they called me a Lois Lane because of some of my responses. And then fast forward, I got uh, really ill with uh, Morgellons and it opened my eyes and my mind to a world that I only thought was once fantasy. You have this ailment that you may have thought was something else first, right? You didn't mm-hmm. know right away, oh, I no. have Morgellons. Okay. What did you think you had? Did you think you had cancer or, or something worse or... I didn't know what I had. The doctors were telling me it was an autoimmune, that I was basically allergic to myself. I'd started off, my body would swell, my feet, my legs, my stomach, went my hands, my arms, uh, my throat, my tongue, and my lips. It just kind of worked its way literally up my body like that. I spent about six months in and out of the hospital, and they told me it was my autoimmune. They told me I was depressed. They said that depression can cause everything that I was going through, um, that I may not have all of my accolades any longer. Um, so I just literally just kept searching and searching. And then I don't even, honestly don't even remember how I came across Morgellons, but I knew I was having weird stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, I was caught, I have, and I have documentation of all this. I was coughing up moving fibers, let it make sense, right? It's that kind of thing that is so odd and out of the ordinary and not a common ailment or disease that you hear about every day that you that you fear of getting. And just to um, remind the audience that may not know that the medical community, many doctors, denied the existence of Morgellons for quite some time, correct? 
Yes, they called it a parasitic psychosis. So in other words, they were saying you were crazy. Mm-hmm. I was crazy and, and um, thought I was infested with bugs or crazy that my skin was crawling or anything was, everything was just that I was crazy. Okay. And, and just to go over this timeline, at what point did the medical community change their minds and acknowledge Morgellons as a real thing? I believe in 2000, I'm not positive on the dates, but 2017, maybe 19, uh, the CDC considered looking into it a little bit further, and then it changed the actual diagnosis from it. But there's a patent on it. There's actually a a patent for it, yes. Mm -hmm. There's a patent on Morgellons. Where was it? Do they know where it was designed? Um. Some think it's a bioweapon that came from a lab. Others think that it actually has to do with black goo, um, which is, you know, that's a whole other avenue, but black goo would be uh, alien in, in nature. What I've seen, and, I, and I'm, I want you to talk about how you feel about all of the above, but I'm trying to set up this, this conversation in the best way possible, is that in a very short period of time, what we know as AI, artificial intelligence, which started off uh, mainly as a lot of art art programs. Um, I mean, there was other art, artificial intelligence in computers for quite some time. But what's moving exponentially are these that started off as entertainment and art programs. I'm witnessing a change in consciousness of people in such a rapid manner. These things have been used over and over and over again for um, not only now entertainment, but communication. And when there's something incredible invented like this, throughout history, we would know a name. We would know someone who created something like this. And I'm trying to figure out why we don't know something so extraordinary, where it can literally make of not not just one piece of artwork, but hundreds in a matter of seconds that are extremely detailed. And now, you know, six months later, it can make a motion picture that you can't decipher from reality or not. Where is it going to be in five years? Who is behind this? Why don't we know a name? Why don't we know what company? Yeah, you can say, oh, it's mid-journey. Mid-journey what? Who? Who did this? Why? Why is it happening so quickly? Why isn't why aren't people questioning this? This is this is bizarre, don't you think? And and you can tell me whatever you want to tell me about this. I, I don't think people are questioning it because it's it's like shiny trinkets, right? It's everyone is so enthralled with their devices or or what it can do, they're not even paying attention to what it is doing. And I know from listening to um, you know, a lot of your shows, how you you know, like more factual. So I actually took some time and pulled up some um, information so that it's based on not just me and my research, you know, my hearsay, but it's actually based on something. And one of them I pulled up is, and I can't give a, a who's doing it because I believe this technology has been around for a really long time. I don't, uh, I don't see it from my research as being new. Um, it's almost as if they reversed engineered us and then pushed the technology forward so that okay. we're so, so dumb. But, dumb. Okay. Now, and again, for the people that are in the know of what you're talking about, they understand mm-hmm. who, okay, we gotta, we gotta slow it down for a second because I want this to be clear. So 
what you're saying is this, what you just said is based on the pretense that everything we've known since birth is a lie, correct? Okay. So our existence as we know it is a lie. That's quite disturbing to me. It is. It's really upsetting. But the 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 positive side is is what why are we so like what is so special about us that this is happening, right? But, but well, let me ask you a question before we go any further. How can that be? Can you explain to me how that can be and why you believe it? That everything is the reverse of truth? Yeah. Well, we're we're not born into a slave system. I mean, if you just look at where we are today going off of our birth certificate, our birth certificate is a bond that puts us into a commerce. Um, we are nothing but a commodity by legalities and by the contracts that we enter through the government. We are, um, you know, a human being in the Black Law Dictionary is defined as a monster. I don't believe I'm a monster and I, I'm sure you don't believe you are and the listeners don't believe they are, but by I, law, that's what we are. Okay. But most people believe their birth certificates are for record keeping for a reason. So we know who is who. We know where you were born, when you were born, it's official and you can present yourself as opposed to everything being chaotic. Now, again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, mm-hmm. I need to establish a foundation because when I okay, sometimes I listen to other podcasts and they're so idiosyncratic that they go on and on and on about stuff. They're assuming that perhaps a thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands, of hopefully millions, whoever it reaches, already knows what they're talking about. We need to speak from a place that is this sturdy foundation. So and 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 then we can launch and go into many possibilities. And what I'm suggesting is you're suggesting that all of this is a lie and that you have a lot of the elaborate details because many people you've spoken to over time in your research, you've picked this up along the way. What I'm saying is, okay, okay, hold on. I remember being a kid. I remember growing up. I remember watching television and seeing Reagan on TV, then Bush Sr. on TV, then Clinton, then, you know, so on and so forth. And so I remember every year, uh, as far back as I was, a ch- I mean, like a baby, I, re- I have memories from back then. So I, I was alive all this time. Mm-hmm. I know where I was late 70s, throughout the 80s, throughout the 90s, all the way to now. I know where I was every year and what I was doing. And I remember. Now, my, my existence throughout this time, our technology was quite limited until I would say the early 2000s. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't I mean, even when I went to film school, I was shooting on old cameras that they had in World War II. I mean, like, you know, the same technology. It was running. A motor would run celluloid through a camera. And then all of a sudden, the stuff starts changing gradually. I didn't see a technological explosion, exponential, like just burst of technology until, I'm being honest, until like, 2019, 2020, and all of a sudden this stuff starts boiling over. Why at the same time we have a pandemic, okay, that a lot of people speculate was designed and given to us on purpose, and I I believe it, or, or could believe it, then all of a sudden all of these ideologies change, and all of a sudden our consciousness change, and they want to control our speech, and control the way we think, and control the way we operate. And again, this isn't like making the world better. We're in a state of 
horrible chaos. I don't see any good things happening. Everybody's arguing. Everybody's fighting. This technology is brainwashing people, making them to idiots. Music sucks. Movies are, are really, half of them are terrible. Um, you know, there's a lot of great artists out there and great speakers, incredible minds, inventors, brilliant kids, brilliant adults. There's a lot going on right now. But what the hell is happening in your opinion? And then I guess we could backtrack a little bit onto what your perspective on total existence is. But what is happening right now? What do you think is happening right now? It's the transhuman agenda. It's a mass mind control. They're pushing for a hive mind. They're pushing for the AI actually to be in you. And it, and it is unfortunately in some people now um, by, the old, by the websites, by Moderna themselves, by their own websites terms. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a control during the lockdowns. Um, they installed more, um, more technological, more 5G they did in those two years than they had in the last 10 years. They wired more things and installed it more during that time. And if a lot of people actually like look back at it, they can see it's almost like we had two different worlds, right? Because we had the world before 2020 and 2020, you know, like it's supposed to give people like vision, like full vision. Like you're supposed to be able to really, uh, with everything that's going on, start to be able to see this world for what it really is. And to your point about technology, I don't believe anything's new. I believe this technology has always been here. In fact, there was advanced civilizations. The Tartarian civilization was extremely advanced and the cathedrals were actually designed to harness energy. There was a negative and a positive on top of those. So this technology is actually very advanced. And by all accords, when you start looking at it, the military um, and any nefarious behind it, they're a hundred years advanced in technology. For example, in the 90s, I believe it was the early 90s, they released um, a craft, um, military craft, and it's a, a Astral Aurora TR3B or T3BR. It's, it's that combination. And it's a triangulated cla uh, craft. It has full cloaking capabilities. Um, it can... Uh, actually teleport. It can disappear into thin air. And they have this. And in fact, um, one of my favorite subjects, so I, I love your documentary, is Montauk. And in, in, in Montauk, Preston Nichols specifically talked about, you know, changing people's frequencies um, with the earth and make them go insane. And they talked about time travel. So I don't believe any of these technologies are new. I actually believe that they've stolen them from us and then rewrote our history and told us, who we are and where we came from. And I don't believe any of it is true. And it's not to make anyone, I actually, the reason that I speak and I do all of my research is to show people how powerful we really are. And that, that even though there is technology, there are ways for us to gain control, but you can't unless you have awareness. So, so I understand that you believe that our existence as we know it is a lie. And other people have believed that too. And it's been talked about in science fiction, everything from uh, The Matrix to Dark City to many things before that. Philip K. Dick was talking about these things decades ago. So it's nothing new. And perhaps th there were people that were aware back then. Philip K. Dick was tapped in. I mean, think about it, everything from Total Recall to Blade Runner to all of these odd mind control uh, minority report, all of this stuff. He was he was seeing it. He understood. Now, with, did he see it then or it was in premonition? 
He's in an Android right now. His consciousness got uploaded to an Android that looks just like him. Well, now, how do you know that? I've seen it. You can Google, yeah, you can Google it. Fill a cave dick Android. You can, you can, there's, there's, there's interviewers who actually went in and sat down and talked to you him. You mean it's like an artificial in, intelligence? See, because this is the it's thing that I fear, and I don't want to spiral off. I want to keep these, these very solid thematic yep. steps. Yep. So, okay. Okay. Hold on a second. This is a crazy conversation because there's a mm-hmm. lot happening very quickly right now. It's really important to, to step back, I think from a lot of the influence and say, and ask yourself a question every day, what is influencing me? And can you remember a time, because I think a lot of the youth can't because they've so absorbed by this stuff since birth that, you know, and then there's a great portion of the youth that love to be outside that love to go to national parks. But again, they're, they're recording their entire experiences on their cell phone. So they're not actually experiencing it. It's all meant to be on Instagram. You know, that is not, experiencing life. We used to take pictures of stuff. Yeah. You know, but that was for your own record keeping. This is more exhibition. Now this is about how are people going to see me through this window that I basically dictates my every thought. And so what I'm saying is there is a heavy influence on everyone right now, including, including the influence to say, well, I'm awakened to this stuff because it's also available on the internet. I think the true detachment would be take your cell phone, smash it with a hammer and walk away from all of this stuff immediately. A lot of us can't because it's stuck to our bank accounts. It's stuck to our businesses. It's stuck to family that you never get to speak to, whatever. So, but I think limiting these devices right now, would, do you believe that would help you have more clarity? I do. I think people could take steps to remove themselves several hours a day, not log on to it right away too when you're just waking up because your mind is in a, your brain is in a different um, uh, field. So it's more, you know, there's different times. We can get into it too because I did um, pull up some stuff to show how these cell phones actually influence us. You know, that they can program our brains and have an effect on us. So if people can learn to step away from them a little bit, they can gain a little more control or clarity. But it's designed to have the same impact as alcohol or drugs do on your brain. It gets into the same addictive part of your brain. It's like if you ever watch a, an adult try to take an iPad or a phone away from a child and they have that fit, that's a withdrawal. Oh, very much. I've seen it with mm-hmm. my own two eyes. And yeah. it's it's sad. It's yeah. terrifying mm-hmm. because these kids are going to be adults soon. And um, I'm not relying on them. You know, like there's this common saying that everyone leans on and like, oh, these kids are our constant future. It's like, no, you know what? If if you, <laughs> you're the future, you need to be conscious of it and not give up on shaping this world or doing things and just rely on these children at the moment because the children need your help to get away from this junk at the moment. You just said it. It's junk. It's an addiction. It is. It's We all use it. We're using it right now, but trying to use it for some good, some kind of purpose. I guess you could look at it like a diet, like to put it in simplest terms. You know what I mean? You know, there's foods that are going to help you and then you go in that direction and you know the foods are going to make you sick. So you try to stay away from that direction. You know, it's like when you learn, I guess, that same balance with this technology, you can decide, do you want to, you know, 
overindulge and be unhealthy or do you want to stay, you know, use the awareness and stay on the healthier side of it? Right. Now, but here's the other thing, and this is the thing where it gets scary. So, you know, in the past we had video games and and they were addicting and music and a lot of things, uh, drugs. There were a whole variety of things that kept people or held people captive, no matter what it was, you know, because humans have this capability of becoming addicts. But there's something very unique about the time right now. Okay. And there's two different ideas we can look at. One idea is there's something nefarious behind all of this and it's coming to a head. And you say it's been this way all the time and we don't really know our existence. It's been hidden from us. Our entire life was a lie. Well, why now is it being revealed? What what's about to happen in your in your mind, in your perspective, from your perspective, what do you think is about to happen? Because obviously a lot of this is being revealed to us very quickly. What what is happening? I believe it's the end of a spiritual battle, to be honest with you. That that it's a battle between good and evil is the basis of it, and we're coming to the end. It's the end of an epoch, it's the end of, you know, a time, so to say. And um there's a gonna be a split. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it will happen. I don't know. You know, I can only go off of things I've read and, you know, um, but I do believe there's going to be some kind of a split or a timeline split or, you know, just people literally um, becoming ready player one, you know, and, and it's starting to become more obvious. These black mirror um, episodes are literally walking around around us. I mean, when, 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 when there's articles being published, and, and this is the title of one right here. It says, Behind NATO's Cognitive Warfare, Battle for Your Brain, Waged by Western Militaries. That alone should get people to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on? Because there, I mean, there's, there's so many references and points that come back to this that they're, they're actually trying to change our viewpoint. So they're using this technology to control us and to alter us. And then they genetically modify the air, the food and the water and the air, meaning that the chemtrails, and then that we, we, we ingest or we breathe it in and it genetically changes us. You know, it's a, uh, transhuman agenda. I don't, I, I don't see it being anything else. I mean, at this point, by, by definition, we are cyborgs. That's alarming. By, by by the definition of any dictionary, we are cyborgs right now. This has all been predicted. Even mm-hmm. when I was interviewing Al Bielik way back, he said that this is going to happen. And what he suggested was going to happen is that we would eventually literally have devices put in our bodies. Now, it was only weeks ago that Elon Musk announced that Neuralink was uh, not only fit for human trial, but already installed in a human being. And that human being was able to move the cursor on a mouse, on a computer, with their mind. I had done an experiment in 2019 when I was making Strange World for Discovery Channel where I was able to make choices in a virtual reality video game with my mind. We went to a lab in Boston that was financed by the government and experimented with technology at that time that they were all planning on bringing out for everyone else. So in other words, between Neuralink and between any kind of VR situation, essentially you're going to have the matrix. You're going to be able to think things into fruition, move things around with your mind, telekinetic abilities. Um, who knows? Because it's the, the 
universe of the of the AI and the VR are going to merge, and it's learning very quickly. If it had already existed, let me ask you a question. If it had already existed, and, and maybe it did in some other dimension or some other planet, but if it already existed here, then why all the charade? Why are they gradually creating a history for us that it's moving exponentially instead of just doing it? Why, why is it happening before our eyes like this? free will. Maybe you have to use your free will. What do you mean? Well, you, you would have to decide what you want to do because, I, I, you know, we're all, we all are given free will, right? We're supposed to be able to decide for ourselves what we want and what we don't want. And if you decide to do, you know what I mean, to use a device, to have it in your home, to use virtual reality, that's your free will to do so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that would be my, my guess on it is that you have to decide, you know, because if I decide I'm not going to live that way and I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot of technology in my home. I don't, you know, I have things that I need, you know, laptop, things like that, but I don't have a lot of quote unquote technology. That's, that's by choice for me, you know, so I'm, and I'm aware of, I have a Faraday cage for my bed, my phone. It's never in my bedroom or anywhere where I sleep because they've, they've, there's studies that actually prove that when you have a cell phone near you while you're sleeping, they did studies, they did brainwave studies with people with, I think it was a Nokia 13 at the time. And they had to their head and they, and they proved that when they were on that, that it allowed them to be more programmable. And when what does it do to you when you're awake? Must do the same thing. It, it causes a change. It changes the uh, brainwaves. Mm-hmm. Okay. It changes them. Um, you know, and the device. It's interesting because it's almost as if what what Al Bielik was talking about is there's an episode called the feed, and that is where they start off quote unquote with like a chip in them, but they're able to use their eyes to see everything like an augmented reality, right? And but then when one of them um, has a baby, that baby's born with it in them. And that device, I don't, I believe it's, it's already there. So uh, Elon Musk in 2017, I've been, I've been looking for it too, and I can't find it at the moment, but Elon Musk in 2000, I believe it was 2017 had said that the bandwidth connection between our brains and the computer already existed. It just needed a little tweaking. And that's why when we think something, it shows up on the computer. I mean, that should have people start to wonder, like I'm thinking it and it's right there. And there's people who have done tests too, like to see, like they didn't tell anyone what they were thinking of. They thought a random thought. And then all of a sudden it showed up on the computer. But these devices, unfortunately, uh, are in people. And this is, this is from Moderna. Um, it is, uh, Moderna's MRNA operating system, the software of life. And Moderna had on their website, it states that they have mRNA platform, which claim they functions as an operating system using a plug and play technology or easily swappable components. mRNA technology is stated to be able to manipulate cell production of proteins. Moderna refers to this technology as a quote app or a program. This is, um, this is why I want to share this information so that I can help people. No, I know. I know. And the thing is, some people are very open to this and they're privy to it. Mm -hmm. There are other people who really don't even want to hear it. 
because it scares them. I think for the most part, I uh, I think it scares them. I think the idea that their reality is not what they think it is scares the hell out of them. Yeah, you know, it does, you know, because, you know, most people, a lot of people are, are really good people and they just want to live a good life and they want to be happy. And then to hear that, wait a minute, like it's not what it is. You know, this isn't what's happening and, and they're doing things to me. And, you know, and you have a good person who's just living their happy life and then all of a sudden realizes that this is all going on. It, it is a shock. You know, it is a hard, literally a hard pill to swallow. Um, but there is a lot of good people out there willing to help and talk. And you know, we can't make it better, but we can help. I think, like I was saying, it's very difficult for people to to grasp that everything is a lie. I have a hard time believing that all history is not true, that World War II didn't happen, that Alexander the Great didn't exist, that George Washington didn't exist, that um, you know Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated, that uh, JFK didn't exist, that all these people, it's all bullshit, like it's all an illusion, the whole thing. It's not, but right? Not that they didn't exist. It's that there were six sitting presidents before Washington. Why were we never told about them? Uh, okay. you know, Martin now, Luther King has been proven to work for the government. Let, Do you me, know ask, what I mean? let me ask a question, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. let me, because, again, what I'm, the, the topic of this is how our minds are being controlled now. I think it's important to consider that there might be another reality about our history. Now, I do believe that there are histories that were overlooked because archaeology couldn't find it, okay? I think there were creatures that existed that they haven't found. They have only found an extremely small percentage of even the dinosaurs. They don't know every dinosaur that was on this planet. Um, the people that existed, we have records of. We have ancient records of those people through each of those cultures and each of those languages and each of those places in the world, we do have record of, were they the only people that existed? And was that the exact history, the way it exactly happened? No, I don't believe that because things are skewed and things are biased, especially when it comes to kings and leaders and warriors. They want to make sure their stories are told just right. But I believe these people existed. Now, if you're saying it doesn't exist and this whole thing is a ruse or are you saying that there's a lot more to it and where is that available for people to understand before we go forward into you know the deeper parts of this theme that i want to explore into so so you're saying that there are hidden histories there were five sitting presidents before george yeah. washington now where did you find this information i i researched it i looked it up um, you can also look up the, the you, if you really want to know about technology, look up the Tartarian Empire. And it's, it's interesting because now they're starting to uh, uncover a lot of buildings. And when you see them, like if you're in a city and all of a sudden you look and there's a sidewalk and they start ripping it up, why does the building go down two, three more floors of windows? What happened? How did the street get higher? So it says Tartaria. This is uh, just from Wikipedia. I just pulled it up. Um, Central Asia, uh, Siberia. Um, was a lost civilization with advanced technology and cultures. And it doesn't give me a year, ironically. Yeah. And, you know, and things that were confirmed was that the Egyptians, as we know it on record, weren't the first ones near those pyramids, that we've never been able to prove exactly how those pyramids were built. There were a lot of theories that completely demolished those theories because um, we just 
don't know and that it was it's it's almost damn near impossible for people today to pull something like that off how the hell did they do it back then so these are great questions about hidden histories and i believe there are hidden histories and what you're talking about i also have another question this might be mind-boggling but even that kind of thing that you're researching could that be part of the ruse could they be messing with your head to make you you know, even more plants upon plants and things hidden underneath layers of other things to make you confused. I think anything could be. I think I, ultimately you're going to have, people are going to have to use their own discernment to decide, I guess, to just kind of put it out there, what's real and what's not real. And when I say like nothing is real, like, you know, your childhood, your experiences, all of those are very real. But going to school and sitting in a class and learning some history that somebody put in a book, it like it's it, it it's it's made up. Like when you start looking at it, for example, I grew up in Boston, right? I lived one block away from Paul Revere's house and people would come all the time. They changed that freedom trail so many times that I grew up. I can't, it's not, I don't even know if it was ever real to start with, but everyone talks about Paul Revere, but no one ever talks about Wentworth Cheswell who rode with Paul Revere. He was a very well-established man. I mean, and there's so much of history that that isn't or is right. And so how do we know? You know, we're just going off the basis that someone wrote a book and said, this is what happened. But now they're uncovering things and it seems to be much different than right. what they're saying. No, I agree with you in terms of who was the hero in a situation and yeah. there were other people left out. I mean, the mm -hmm. namesake of our of the United States, America, was named after a different person. And, you know, Columbus got all of the, the glory and that whole entire story is skewed mm -hmm. so many times over. And there are a lot of details left out, brutal things, horrible things that happen like they do in any body that's trying to conquer a land, you know. Um, and so, no, of course, of course, history is skewed. But we have artifacts that those time periods happened, that mm -hmm. those people existed. Mm -hmm. You know, those things are important, that the boats looked the way they did, the houses and the way people built things, the way people farmed, agriculture, the way people traveled. All of that stuff existed for quite mm -hmm. some time. We have all the artifacts to prove it. Do you believe yeah. that all of that is staged as well or... Well, it's interesting because they're starting there there is documentation that's starting to come out now showing how um they built Stonehenge or how they built literally like trucks and machines like it seems to be that that things are starting to come out and show that maybe our history is not what it was. Maybe it is designed. And what if this battle's been going on for a long time? I mean, where did the saying come from all the world is a stage, right? I mean, I'm guessing you would know. But but it has to have some premise to it. I mean, what if it is a big show? What if this is a uh, uh, slave uh, where we are? What if you know we're we're in this little pond and and we don't know? Extraterrestrial means extra terrain. It means there's well, more land. I, I I believe that. Not to digress. Is, all the world is a stage for yeah. sure. It, it, at the very least, from the 20th century on. Um, and gradually getting worse as it went, especially now. Right now, 100% our perspective of governments, um, of what's happening uh, and why it's happening is, is mostly a lie, 100%. And that is just blatant, you know. I mean, like a lot of people believe it now because it's so blatantly in our faces, but rewind back for a second. 
in your teenage years, your early 20s, we did not have this extreme feeling of deceit and deception because it wasn't really happening. It, it increased. Now, do you think our awareness increased? The technology increased. The right, tower. The tech. the, the, it's what was around us. So, was, you know, for example, like, you know, when we were kids, we were outside playing. Like, there was kids everywhere when I was growing up. And before I moved to Florida, there was no kids. I literally drove through the neighborhood. There was no kids. But, you know, there was a time where I believe technology has always existed, but it wasn't surrounding us the way that it was. You know, we didn't have 3G, 4G, 5G, 6G, 7G, and 8G, which is all in play right now, which most people don't um, know about. In fact, there is a... Um, do I have it in front of me? There is a document where um, they wanted, uh, literally, I, I, I put it out. I'll see if I can find it in a second who posted it. Human antennas for 6G. 5G works on radio waves to carry information. 6G is theorized that visible light communication, VLC, can be used, human antennas, to make it more efficient. Not only do they want to use our bodies to store data in our DNA, but now they actually want to use us as this technology, which I can go way, I don't want to go too far off, but it's um, the WBAN, the Wide Body Area Network, is us. That's us. They're using us. And this is causing people to be ill. See these frequencies? We naturally operate with the frequency of the earth. And they've disconnected us from that frequency. And that can start to change people in society and how they behave and what they're doing. And now the frequencies that they're using become more addictive. There's a flashing that takes place behind the screen all the time that works with our eyes. I mean, there's you know, to go into a rabbit hole for a second, the way that they use this advanced technology that we love is literally altering our mind. Um, I agree 100%. I'm watching it happen in real time before us, but I also remember a time where it wasn't happening. So something was put into play to an extreme in very recent years. And let me just say one thing, because, because you're touching on something thematically that's very strong for this episode is that Stephen King wrote a book some time ago, and there were other variations of this idea. You can go back to uh, the puppet masters, Robert Hyland, or um, you can talk about um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And obviously there was a novel and many different film versions of it. Okay. But Stephen King wrote a book called Cell, where if you if you read the book, okay, and there was a movie made of it too, and it did touch on the concept, but in the book, the cell phones emitted a pulse that started controlling the minds and bodies of millions and millions of people. In the discussion of several of the characters by the end, they started to realize that all of the people were now, you can call them raving lunatic type zombies. They were murderous, but at the same time, they were a unified hive mind. 100% controlled by this pulse and doing its bidding collectively by this, this hive mind. And they even considered this is now a new stage of evolution where it is literally like an insect hive. They're all serving oh. the purpose just for the insects. Like for, yeah. for the, they're serving the purpose of the hive. Yep. Okay. So you're saying it's something like this. 
I'm saying it's exactly like okay, that. Okay, so how is it that Stephen King wrote a book about this long before it happened? Why do you think that science, and this is a theme a lot of times on this show that I like to discuss, is that science fiction writers are prophets. And King wrote a science fiction novel, even though it falls in the valley of horror as well, uh, called Cell. He also wrote Maximum Overdrive, which was yeah. all of a sudden the Earth is in the uh, the orbit of this comet. And... Um, you know, the comet starts controlling all vehicles, all mm -hmm. electronics for, yeah, a, you know, for an evil purpose. It starts destroying the world. Yeah. Um, all of this is possible now. Yeah. All right. Why do you think that is? Because they've set us up. I mean, they can control us. You know, if you, by way of chemtrails, we'll start there, right? So they have... Um, in the chemtrails, they have more gallons, they have nanofibers, there's smart dust, smart dust for those. <laughs> um, and um, all of that gets into our system, and that is artificial intelligence. I mean, we breathe it in every single day. Forget it, forget the food, forget the water, forget anything else. We're breathing in this technology they spray in the air every day. You know, and I, and I tell people all the time, take a camera, take your phone, put the flash on, hold it out five, six inches from your hair and take a picture. After you take the picture, zoom in. You're going to see colored orbs through your entire hair. Hair is supposed to be layered like shingles on a roof. It doesn't look like that on anybody anymore. Our hair is more like fiber optics now. They have changed us. They've genetically changed us. What's the purpose and who are they? Let's start with who are they? Who are, who are they? I don't know who they are because from, you know, all of the different areas that I research, whether it's through uh, one of my favorite on YouTube is actually American intelligence. And they talk about this has been going on for thousands of years. And there's others that say this has just been a battle for thousands of years. I, um, I had a, a podcast at one time and on one of the shows we had discussed um, that I, I, I believe it's two AI systems. Um, that are battling. And perhaps it's been around all the time. Um, I want to digress for a second because when I first became into awareness and I was talking to a friend of mine, it was a new friend and we, we actually became friends through like all of this. And, um, and I had said to him, uh, when we were talking about all of this technology and more gallons and everything that was going on, I literally said to him, don't ever tell me I'm in a computer. I don't ever want to know. And now I don't know. How would we know the difference? I mean, if you look at the sensors that they have or what they're using, um, I don't know. I mean, I can't say. I know there's people out there saying this is what it is and this is what it is. I can tell you the technology exists. I can show you that it exists through military. I can show you it exists through patents. I can show you that it's existed for a long time. And how do we know? I mean, if you break down everything around us, nothing exists, right? Carbons are empty. This really doesn't exist. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really interesting. But my whole thing is that when you have this knowledge and you're aware, then if it's all programmable matter, then we are the ones once we have the awareness to program that matter. But if you don't, it'll be programmed for you. It's like in good and evil. If you don't pick a side, a side's going to be picked for you. Messages will be right back. 
There are those who say that this quiet town holds many secrets. Legend has it that beneath this very tower, a dark force had its eyes set on the children. We were told that what was going on there was for the benefit of humanity. What would you say to the people who say, well, all these children were kidnapped and murdered and you were a part of it, what would you tell them? You I tell did approve of it, but there was nothing I could do about it. They wanted a large number of programmed boys to be used for mind control operations. And there are others who say it's still happening to this day. I don't know, I for myself find it a little suspicious that all the evidence has been conveniently destroyed. Let's put it this way. If you're sitting there with 20 guns pointed at you, what are you going to do? Whatever the hell they want! Watch Montauk Chronicles now for free on Tubi, Plex, Roku, and available for download on Amazon and Apple TV. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. So one I'm offering is even biblical tomes, ancient tomes, people believe in a heaven and an earth, right? And a hell. And so these are archaic perspectives before technology as we know it, right, existed. Human beings did not have this tech. Even though it may have existed, they weren't aware of it, according to our entire human history, okay? And... I mean, there are even people alive today that can look at today's technology and were alive years ago and say, no, I mean, like, like, I wouldn't have imagined any of this stuff would exist. You know, there's people that are 100 years old that are still lucid right now. But well, what I'm saying is people for the longest believed that we are in an avatar, a body, right, born onto this earth, that there is another world out there that when you die, your body discorporates, you go back to one of those worlds or you're sent to another one. And there are other people or other beings in that world. This is an archaic perspective that hasn't changed much. But let's say you were to modernize this perspective and say, well, we're on this extremely weird virtual reality game where it's very powerful. It's a metaphysical journey. It's not some rinky-dink game you're going to play for a minute. This is something that you chose to do from the other side. You came here to learn. It's powerful. It's metaphysical. It's something beyond imagination. 
And then when you're done with the game, whether you messed up, whether you crash, whether you die during the game, you go back and you wake up. What if we remove the archaic perspective and now put a technological perspective on it, then it would very much be what you're saying because you chose to come here. You know, everyone says that, oh, we came, you, you can reincarnate, you can do this. But these are very old concepts in terms of the way, the facade, the way we look at them, they're, they're archaic. So if we were to modernize all of that, it would almost be identical to kind of what you're saying, that we're in a simulation, that we chose to come here that we chose to play this metaphysical game, mm-hmm. then what's on the other side? What do you believe is on the other side? Or do you really believe in the archaic perspective that heaven is as it's always been described? Or is it the game center? Is it, do we go back to that area and you wake up in some machine and you know your relatives are there saying, hey, how, how, you know, what, what happened? Did you have an, an interesting experience? Do you have a debriefing period? Like, what do you believe? And again, we don't know the answers to this, but you're saying we could be in a simulation. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean these archaic perspectives of life and death, heaven and hell are all real? Um, I believe heaven or hell resides inside us. I believe it's who we are. I believe that I've, and, and I've always believed this. I don't believe that we die. I believe we transition or we get rid of the avatar, but I don't believe that you go to heaven or hell. I believe the person or your energy here dictates your heaven and hell and how you live here is how you'll always be once you leave this existence. Um, But I do believe there is more once we shed this avatar, so to say, um, where or what we can do, I don't know, but energy never dies, right? Energy always exists. And if you think about when we're in a dream state, where do we go? Like, why are we so far away? Why are we in these mystical places or battling dragon, whatever it is? Do you know what I mean? Like, there has to be an aspect to us that that goes, or is it just that simplicity that we're a character in a game? I don't know. I don't. I don't believe people who have heart and soul and feel so deeply are just empty. I believe that, I don't know, maybe we're here to change the game, to switch it up, to let people know they're in the game. But it's been one of my questions for me because um, now I want to know if I'm in a game, like, do I have to physically get out of this prison somehow, this little pond that we're stuck in? Or do I have to uh, mentally escape from it? And I'll tell you all of the sci-fi, everything I have jumped in for the last 10 years, it's all saying it's a mind game. All of it says it's a mind game. Behind NATO's cognitive warfare battle for your brain, mind control by cell phone. These are just some of the articles I I picked up. What is wetware and computing biology? Wetware includes bionic eyes and mind control devices by way of uh, fluid that's in our system. What does that mean, right? No, I, I, I believe that. I believe there is a major attempt to control us, to maybe, to definitely transform us. Um, and in the end, it, it's all about... Control. It's about control, but what are they evolving us into? Who are they? Is it alien? See, a lot of us, a lot of us were trained to think of the alien invasion as flying saucers over cities. And it could be an invasion of our consciousness. AI is the alien invasion, right. in my opinion. Well, that would explain some things because it's been so abrupt and so exponential 
And I, I am not hearing names like, you know, we hear Elon Musk, you know, he's a designer of rockets and vehicles and a whole bunch of other technology. Mm -hmm. And we know him by name. Who the hell made this exponentially moving AI? Does anyone know? Because I could be wrong, but I, I have not heard a name. I keep hearing, well, br you know, brand names like Midjourney and stuff like that. But wh who, where's the mainframe? Who, who created this? I heard that DARPA can create the web. But, you know, um, oh, I have, wait a minute. But do you know who, do you, is there a name? Um, I don't think I have it here, but I definitely look and see what I can find. Um, you know, part of one of my theories, and it's only a theory, is I don't, what if the AI has always existed, right? No, what if the AI- I, I believe that it's a possibility, but the, the one question that I think most people should be asking right now is who the hell is behind this? It's happening so quick. We've never seen anything like this before where you can just type in a few words and then you have a live picture of what looks like a human being in a real city. I think it's very important to find out who is behind this. And the thing that baffles me the most is that people aren't questioning the acceleration of how this technology is improving and learning so quickly that it it's mind-boggling that no one is questioning this. No one is asking who made this and who is behind this. Okay, wouldn't you think that something like this, we're, we're just looking at it and using it like you'd said earlier. We're not thinking about what's powering this. It must be an enormous cities worth of computers powering this thing no what is what's generating this what's allowing this to move all we see is the action oh we're going to go on mid journey today go in type a few words all of a sudden you have this complex animation or now and i've never used it but chat gtp i uh, you know i've read about it that you can go on there now and i've seen the examples and i think there's another one called sora soon that's going to be available to people very soon and they're going to be able to create worlds with this stuff that's almost indecipherable. They're going to be able to create visions and ideas and worlds from this that you can't decipher between what's real and what's being created in this system. And we don't know where's home base for this. Where's the computer? Where's the mainframe computer creating all of this? Why, is it, why aren't people asking this question more? I don't know where the main one is, but I know from my research that the AI is self-learning. So it's the AI is in control right now. It doesn't, I don't care what you say about any head of state or anything else. My mind will not change on that. The AI is in complete control. If it wants to drop a bomb, it wants to blow up a city or implode all the smart meters, it can do it. it, it it's, in, it's in full control. From my research over the years, the AI, so for example, if there's a problem with an AI and it fixes itself, well, that system now across the whole network disperses what the resolution is. And for how long now have we as quote unquote humans been feeding this AI exactly who we are, what we like, how we walk, how we talk, how we like things, what we don't like, what makes us mad. I mean, we've literally fed the, the AI everything about us. So if you think about it this way, right now, anyone who's been on this system, right? There is a virtual one of us living in the AI. That starts to become the Russian doll right? Because who's to say now if if the AI starts interacting, right, with all of your information, how are you going to know it's you? In fact, there's um, 
call, a thing called metahumans. They've been around for a while. They're digital beings. Um, they look just like me or you for the most part. You can tell a little bit. There's some discrepancies because it's older. And then there's actually an app and... Um, Give me a second to think of the name of it. Uh, there was a uh, a woman, uh, a girl who invented it. Her friend got hit by a car and killed and she missed him. So she actually set up a program and the program works. So if you have someone in your life that you love and they pass away, then you go in and you feed them all of their text messages and information. And now it sets up a virtual being of the person who passed away. So you can text them anytime and it responds just like they're here. Where are we? We, we? Do you know what I'm saying? It's happening so quickly and people are accepting it that my my greatest fear is that I'm looking at this thing happening beyond exponential speed. Yeah. It's happening too quickly. And where it can go, because you know, I have an imagination of where it can go and is into very dangerous territories very quickly. This isn't something that's doing good. Yeah, there's some neat things here and there, but that's about it. The rest of it is very detrimental to people's um, intelligence, their imagination, their individuality, um, because what it's doing is homogenizing your brain and it's removing all of your skill because AI isn't just an art program. AI will dictate everything. AI will repair things. AI will fix this, will do this for you, do that. There will be no longer a need for you to learn or push. And some people who I probably would despise if I was in a room with or are fine with that because they want everything done for them by the click of a button and get that dopamine hit because they'll create this and that. They'll create an AI version of themselves and, and get they clicks and, and subs and all this garbage that's on the internet. And who cares? The thing, the thing that's really important is that we go back. We rewind back, okay? It's not that long ago. It's happening so quickly that even if you rewind back two or three or four years, you're in a different perspective, but it's changing people's consciousness. So what, what would you do to resist this? Or what would you tell other people to do to resist this thing that's happening that is, that is, seemingly, that is seemingly benign, that is seemingly a novelty? that is promoting itself to you as something that's really convenient because you can make a full record and you can make you can hit a button and write a book no you can't if you hit a button to write a book you didn't write a book if you hit a button to make a music record you did not make that record the computer no. did i would never in a million years try and write a book with ai i would never in a million years try and make a movie with ai i didn't spend my whole life learning how to make a motion picture so i can now hit a button to make one but that's where people are giving themselves up that those things right there like when they don't want to think for themselves or find their way or they rely on the ai they're literally like each time giving a little piece of themselves to it, right? Like, I can't do this. Take my brain cells. Give me what I need to know. It's not, you know, you're not, no one's thinking anymore. No one's like, I, I, I seldom see people who can problem solve. And I see, you know, not to, not to be critical, but a younger generation who can't even count change when right. you give them cash. So what you were saying before is true, because what's going to happen is Neuralink, and this is already a technology that, and I, I know you're aware of Neuralink, but part of it, okay, there are many facets to it, but one of the things you're going to be able to do is literally think of a term like we do, because we're doing it right now, like you said, it has an effect on us. We Google something. 
If you don't know something, you'll Google it, it comes right up. And that is an extension of your brain. So the next stage in this succession is to attach it to your brain, to literally attach it to your brain. So now your brain is going to be part of this matrix, this internet. And you are no, it's not just, oh, we're in virtual reality, which is a visual trick. This is now your brain is attached to this thing. It's dictating how you think. Talent is no longer talent. It's never built. It's just there. It's mm -hmm. like in the matrix. I know Kung Fu. I know another language now. Well, you don't. Right. Well, it's, yeah. it's only because you're attached to the thing. Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't. So when they came out of, in the matrix, in the movie, I, maybe this is a flaw in the story. When they came out of the matrix, they didn't still know how to fight, did they? Or was that information? I think it was only in the matrix, right? What's that? I thought it was only in the matrix. That I they had. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll have to revisit it. Yeah, but um, but it's 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 already ha you know it's already happening. The the mind control aspect of it. They don't need you don't even need devices um to do it. This is uh, an article. It's mind control by cell phone. Electromagnetic signals from cell phones can change your brain brain waves or behavior and behavior. But don't break out the aluminum foil shield just yet. That's the title of it. It's by R. Douglas Fields. And if I go down here, I'm going to skip over it because it goes into a little detail. But it says the first led by Rodney Croft, the first brain science institute, uh, Swinburne University of Technology in Melbourne, Australia, tested whether cell phones' transmissions could alter a person's brain waves. The researchers monitored the brain waves of 120 healthy men and women while a Nokia 6110 cell phone, one of the most popular cell phones in the world, was strapped to their head. A computer controlled the phone's transmissions in a double-blind experimental design, which meant neither the test subjects nor the researchers knew whether the cell phones was transmitting or idling while EEG data was collected. The data showed that while the cell phone was transmitting, the power of the characteristic brainwave pattern called alpha waves in the person's brain was boosted significantly. The increased alpha wave activity was greatest in the brain tissue directly beneath the cell phone, strengthening the case that phones were responsible for the observed effect alpha waves of the brain it goes on a little bit more but it says like cell phone and um insomnia insomnia if a cell phone signals boost a person's alpha waves does this nudge them subliminally into an altered state of consciousness or have any effect on the workings of their mind that can be observed in a person's behavior it's really really interesting article but it's showing that these signals that come from these phones that we use every single day and if you're holding it to your head please stop, get a, a wired um, headset or just put it on speaker, but please don't hold it to your head. Um, but it's showing that, that, that just the signals from just our cell phones can alter our brain waves and put us into a state like a meditative state. And it's like when they, um, the scrolling is a hypnotic thing. The colors that they use, our phones flash. Um, I tell people all the time, if you have a, like a ring camera or anything like that at night, Go out and hold your phone so it can see in the camera. Watch how many times that flashes. Those signals literally um, 
alter our brain waves. The, the light from it has an effect. It's called optihogenics, and it's a biological technique to control the activity of the neurons or the cells with light. It's really interesting. I mean, I'm a super nerd, so it's really interesting what they're, the technology that they're using, but everything they're using, you know, we're natural, energetic, electric beings ourselves. You know, we're, we're made in whatever you, I like saying source, you know, we're, we're part of source's creation. We are magical beings and whatever is taking place, whether it's the AI or whatever it is, is trying to change us and create us into a hive mind, a robotic state where we think all the same things, where I think a thought and you know what I think because now we're wired in together. That's disturbing. And I, I really believe that people, if they take a little time and just research what they're using, even read the pullout when you buy a phone, it tells you, don't put it next to your body. Don't put it in your pocket. Don't hold it next to your skin. But everybody does, you know, and if we start taking these little steps to have, I guess, a little more self-love, a little more self-awareness, then hopefully, you know, that we can change it and not go in the direction of a hive mind AI computer and that we can actually start using our own gifts and accolades and program it for our advantage. But it's all about programmable matter. And if you're not programming it, it's going to be programmed for you. And it's happening. You know, how many times does somebody say, oh, they've changed. Yeah, they, yeah they're okay. They just changed. No, they're being changed. It's, it's happening. And people aren't paying attention. How many people in the last four years have gone from being outside and doing to not going out anymore and sitting on their couch. That's a programming. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. And it, and I feel like it began on a heavy onslaught in 2020, as soon as the pandemic hit. Because that's when I, that's when everyone changed, all of us. I mean, it's it, you have to be really tough. And when I mean tough, I mean aware of this stuff that have already been through trauma, that you can absorb this without losing your mind patience, um, and optimism also, because you can't sit here with this bleak, uh, everything, you know, like, uh, you know, look, I, I just feel like you can give this stuff more power than it needs by consistently acknowledging how much control it has over everything we have. You know, I'm not going to disregard my last, from my birth to now, my entire life experience, because someone else says I should. You know, I lived that life. So I know what I experienced and I'm aware of what I experienced in real time. And I know when things started to change in terms yeah. of people's consciousness. If you really want to, I think it changed, it started to change in, in when 9-11 happened. That was one part of it. Then it started to gradually happen over time. But I think it was severe from 2020 to now. Yes, of course, because of the frequencies and the waves. I mean, ideally, if you really go back into it, the TV, the television came into play in 1947. That was the first form of mind control. I mean, they, by the book, used mind control methods by spiral count, by using spirals, by using countdowns and saying, get ready for your programming, you know, and that was the first part of, and that's actually when, if you think about it, you know, if you start looking at families, right, up until 1947, 1950, families pretty much stayed together. They lived around each other. They weren't separated. And then over time, that's when divorce started taking place. You know, and you, and you have to wonder why was society being okay? But now all of a sudden we have an introduction of this technology 
right? In your home, sitting in your living room, everyone's around it. It's telling you how to live, how to behave, what should be. And now all of a sudden society's kind of going in another direction. It's interesting, right? Because it's every, it's like each time they advance it a little more. Um, with the technology, it seems to pull us a little further away from who we are. Sure. Because a lot of AI stuff, you know, if I'm folk, you know, because I'm an artist and I'm a filmmaker and, uh, I think about the the dangers of your individuality and your your unique take on art being affected or your your ability to collaborate with other artists is going to be severely depleted. It's um the AI unfortunately is going to do away with a lot of types of collaborative situations and it's sad, you know, because it, because no, I don't care what anyone says and how fancy anything the AI can make, it will never have that that nuance, that touch that a human being gives to something in its infinite detail. Now, I've read things that the AI can write, and I've heard people say, oh, it's pretty good. No, it's not, because you obviously not you don't read, because I've read a lot of literature, and I've not read anything from AI that can even stand the test against how could it? well-written work. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't. It's like, um, it's like, all right, it's like, uh, cooking a meal, right? I love to cook and I, 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 you know, I know what I'm cooking, but I'm putting that love. Like I'm, I'm loving making this food. Like I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to share it and to eat it. And the AI isn't going to have, and it, it does, it always comes down to energy, right? But the AI is never going to have the energy behind a book, behind a song, behind any of those things, you know, and it's kind of, you know, it's okay for like small things, but it, again, like when you stop using your imagination, you stop being connected to source. A hundred percent. But here's the thing, like they're selling it to us right now. They're, that's how they get us. They're selling it to us. And unfortunately, I don't have faith in the entire population of earth. I have faith in a lot of people. I have faith that people will resist. You know, you had said you haven't seen kids play. Well, my neighborhood, these kids play outside every night, every day. And it might be rare, but they are, these kids are outside and I can't complain. I, you know, sometimes I'm in here in the office working and I hear the kids playing and I have to remind myself that's a really good thing out there. Those it's kids. a great sign. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that's how we were when we grew up. So, and I couldn't imagine, I would go crazy, uh, just sitting there scrolling through an iPad all day, but it's not just kids that do that. A lot of people do that. A lot of people sit with their phones all day because that, whatever's going on behind that window is more important to them than what, than just recording it with your mind and your heart and your soul, experiencing things with you, with touch. Like whatever's going on on that damn device is more important to them. It is, but, it, but it's addicting. And now it's still the soul. I think certain devices. I mean, I had older phones for a while and I did not pick them up as much until I got an iPhone. So there's it's something. Addictive. Yeah. But that's it. It's designed, you know, it, it literally, it's doing it. Like, you know, there are things like just when I'm saying this, um, you can get uh, yellow glasses or blue blocker glasses and they help. You can cast a yellow light on your computer, you know, have a yellow light bulb and it actually helps. Like there, there's things that we can do, but it's designed to get in like an addiction, like drugs or alcohol to maintain that control. Like I know yesterday I was like having this conversation with myself because I was doing 
something and then I picked up my phone and I was scrolling and I literally went to go do something else and I came right back in the phone and picked up my phone. I was like, what am I doing? Like, there's nothing, there, like I had something to do, but for whatever reason, I walked back and was scrolling and I was like, I have not, I just put my phone, I'm like, I'm not doing this, but, and I catch myself doing it as well. Um, you know, if I could recommend for any of the listeners, when you rise, when you get up in the AM, don't touch your phone. I know it's going to be hard. Do not touch it for at least an hour. Let your brain function and just take that little bit of time to put it back into you. You know, focus on your day or what makes you happy or what you want to make for lunch. Any of those things. Go outside and put your feet in the earth and ground. Any of those things because that helps you in your electrical field and your balance of your body. Because if you think about it, every time we grab that phone, that is the alien invasion, right? We are feeding it aspects about ourselves. It's a parasite. And we we just keep feeding it until what? Until it takes over. There's a um really interesting neurological parasite. There's a video, you can you can look it up. There's a video of a bug um walking. Now the bug is all there is is a shell. There's nothing. You can see there's no no guts, no nothing in, in this bug, but the bug is walking. And it's because it has a neurological parasite that's moving the body. And I've talked about this before. That same thing, that exact same thing can happen with us with the AI if people don't start becoming mindful. And I'm not saying it to scare anyone. I'm actually sharing information so that people can start researching and realizing, you know, we have this beautiful world around us. Why are we so focused on the little tiny black box what is it in there that that's sucking our energy our focus and our world to literally we have this gorgeous world around us right it's a beautiful day here in florida what is it that that all of my attention needs to go into this little little tiny box that i hold in my hand you know when you start thinking about it you're like wait a minute well, what is going on it's right? deliberate like, yeah yeah it, it's 100 percent deliberate it was thought out and it's coupled with a psychological operation as well you know what's happening in the world the social experiment what's going on in the world i have some questions though so here's the thing we have a formidable enemy before us whatever's behind this is strong this is not a weak enemy this is this is tougher than anybody you've ever come across because it was able to pull this off it's an enormous brain and it is something that that is determined so how do you beat it knowledge knowledge okay you learn when you learn what you're using when you learn what's going on when you learn about the world around you you're able to make better decisions. You're able to make knowledgeable decisions. And over time you get wisdom and decisions become easier. You know, like for example, when I first, uh, found out about all of this, I was like, Oh my gosh. And then over time I started learning and I'm like, wait a minute, everything is programmable matter. We are programmable matter. You know, we enter this world and, you know, even, uh, even the way that everybody gets dressed, you were programmed to do that. You didn't learn it on your own. Someone taught you to put your right leg in first, put your left leg and pull your pants. That's a, that's a program. So are you going to go against the grain and put your pants I on do. your head? Actually, 
Actually, no, but here's the thing. It shows, there's a study that shows if you can uh, start doing things and rewire, you can rewire your brain. Do you know it took me one month, and I'm not kidding you, one month to retrain myself to go left leg first and not right leg to get dressed. And it helps to, it helps with your brain. If you start researching, you're like, no way. It took me a month. I would get up, I would go to get dressed. I'd start with the right leg. I'm like, nope. And I would start again and go left leg one entire month before I could finish that process to switch up my brain. And there's a lot of tests. They have one where you can start, um, you get up and you look at yourself and you say certain things in the mirror to yourself. And then you brush your teeth with your opposite hand starts to reprogram your brain. So if our brain, um, you know, like Preston Nichols said, our brain is just an interface. It's just receives information and relays it. Well, if that's the case, then every computer is programmable right? You can program it for whatever you want. So when we start gaining the knowledge, right? And then we have that will to live a beautiful life and to be uh, free, then you'll start making decisions that benefit you. Like anyone who has security cameras in your home, I don't know why you would have them inside your home. Honestly, that's full surveillance. You've given someone else inside your home. Every LED light bulb has a uh, a way to have surveillance. I think most of them have an IP address. Start switching them out. Incandescent light bulbs are super hard to find, but find them. I have them. Um, there's things like that because it changes the frequencies around you. You know, if you want to really get better at it, just start learning. Take out the LED. You can't. You can't have a house that's not full of frequencies. I mean, on the box for the LED lights, it warns you. It has a warning. Why are we buying light bulbs that have warnings on them? Do you know what I'm saying? So I it's do, that knowledge, but. And but it's yeah. it's bigger than that, and you have to start somewhere. Though, I right? agree with you. No, you should practice every day to step away from this stuff. Mm -hmm. The issue is, and I can use an analogy. You know, it's like you're the greatest driver on earth. You're careful. You respect the rules of the road. But if you end up on a road where twenty, at least twenty five percent of the people driving on that road are in total chaos, you're done for because all of everything you've learned is going to get in your way. That's the world we live in, unfortunately. And so is there a way to, Matt, like I have faith in human beings. I have faith in, in us. I believe we can conquer what this is, but we have to be aware of it first. And it can't spiral off into way too much detail and make people go nuts while they're listening to it. It has to be, look, something or someone is trying to control you. There was a massive step in 2020. All of you, if you pay attention to how you're all behaving and how the world is behaving and reacting, some of this behavior is very homogenous. People are repeating the last thing the last person says. This is not us. We don't do this. Yes, there have been followers throughout history, but we shouldn't have this much we should not have this much influence over us from the damn internet. It shouldn't be. And we should question everything that happens and everything that's being portrayed that doesn't feel right and stop taking the bait when they're trying to pit us against each other and have us pick a, a leader and an enemy and, and, you know, either bastardize someone, demonize someone or hold someone up on a pedestal as if they're our savior. This is not us. We should not behave this way. No. Coming into a close on this, number one, mm -hmm. I have a question about thematically what this episode is, is because people are being turned into essential zombies one way or another. 
Do yes. you think there's an end game on their part, right? The enemy, the people or the whoever's doing this to take a, a final step further and really turn everyone into this is Star Trek reference board society or zombies or this fully controlled hive. At what point do you think they're going to make a move to do that? Because obviously it's happening. It's happening. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know when, but the probability is very high that they can do it, that they can just change the frequencies and change people. They could, you know, like uh, I was watching the signal earlier. I just wanted to refresh on it and uh, easily. You know, they have, you know, a lot of the active denial systems or some of the things they use for crowd control, those frequencies go two ways. If they turn in one way, they can create riotous behaviors and everyone wants to kill each other. And they turn the frequencies another way and everybody loves each other. So we're saturated with them. So all they have to do, I mean, the smart meters for our homes, all of these things, they can at any time change it and just do that. So for me, that's that's showing that good is is here. There, there's a good is playing a huge part in this because if it wasn't, things would be much worse. It would be literally like walking zombies. Um, no, I know. Everything. It just sometimes it feels like it's getting there and it doesn't happen in the blink of an eye, but it could overnight. I mean, you know, that movie, The Signal is brilliant. You know, it's, it's similar to Stephen King's Cell. Uh, but in the case of The Signal, the one thing they did that I thought was more brilliant than the ideas behind Cell was that as cinema, it portrayed to us the change of perspective. So it was, in other words, some of the characters in the film were committing these horrible murders, but in their mind, they thought they were helping someone. They thought they were, they were confused. Like one minute, the perspective was one way. They would look at a person and think they're seeing someone else. That unfortunately, I think is quite possible. And um, it's kind of what's happening because I see so many people at each other's throats and it's almost like I want to shake them and say, well, you wouldn't have done this two years ago. What are you fighting over? What are you they arguing? You're arguing over nothing. Yeah. You people want to kill each other over the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I've, mm -hmm. And it's not just one isolated incident. I'm seeing it all over. People are just ravenous. They want to go after each other. And I believe this is being induced. I think this is part of it. It, it definitely is. There's a few, uh, and I did bring it up on Google. It's uh, called Method of an Apparatus for Inducing Desired States of Consciousness. And it'll go through quite a few patents for you and tell you what they all do. So they can do it. It's out there. So is it is it you know essentially every man for himself just get away from it and try and save yourself? Do you think that we're on the verge of an apocalypse? Uh, I think we're on the verge of a, of a huge shift. I think that that we're coming to an end of of spiritual battle, and I think a little bit of chaos will ensue before heaven on earth comes here. Um, but you know they are preparing. You know the. Um, United States military, it's uh, C-O-N-O-P-8888. It's the Pentagon's plan for defending against a zombie apocalypse. Why do they have this in place? Why? Why is because it's very possible. Yes. My answer to that is it's possible, mm -hmm. not in, perhaps not in the sense where dead bodies are going to rise from graves literally, but the action is the same. As we've seen in Dawn of the Dead or The Crazies, which was more of a virus, um, or the signal or cell, 
it's essentially the same thing. A bunch of mindless zombies, one way or another, running around, murdering, doing crazy things. And we're seeing pockets of that. That's that's what I really wanted to get at tonight is that if you think about all these public shootings and these events where people are going crazy and fighting each other, if I were to write a story, this would be the precursor to the zombie apocalypse. It's already happening. Like I said, even the arguments you could yell at these people and say, you wouldn't normally do this. Have you checked yourself? What is going on here? Why are you arguing over the dumbest stuff you could think of? And like making it a thing for months and months on end. I've seen people arguing with each other over the dumbest things. And I'm like, no, this is out of the ordinary. And so let's say there was a dial to make behavior bad. They might have it on a one right now. Mm -hmm. What happens when they turn it up to 10? (laughs) I think they are turning it up in some areas. Like, have you seen some of the videos coming out of Oakland? Uh, Tell me about it. Oh my gosh. It's literally insane. So there's one video, there's a crowd of people destroying a car, right? So they're jumping on it, smashing it, ripping things off. Then they set it on fire. Okay. Then they take another car and start smashing it into the car that's on fire. I mean, it's like, it's literally like the signal. Like when they just, it, it's berserk. Right. And we've, and we've been watching pockets of this mm-hmm. since 2020. And, and often it's in the name of fill in the blank. Oh, we did this because bullshit. You know? No. Yeah. I don't I believe it. Yeah. Thoughts. No, this isn't normal behavior. Come on. Right. This never happened no. before. There were riots. No. And there were protests, but not like this. Not like no. this. I'm seeing videos of teenagers. You know, I grew up in the city. You grew up in the city. It's a different lifestyle. You know, you're a little tougher, so to say. You know what I mean? But but it was never like dirty. I'm watching groups of teenagers, 15, 20, beat up one kid. I mean beat. I mean like 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 I just got goosebumps. I mean, I don't know what happened. Do you know what I mean? I'm watching it and I'm like and I know what's happening, but you see it and you're like, what's happening? Do you know what I mean? Like, why is a group of 15, 20 kids so enraged that they're victimizing one children to put them into a hospital? And it's happening over and over again. Yeah, no, it happened in a case where a kid was murdered in the same fashion. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think that these kids, some of them are very different. They They grew up with these devices in their faces constantly. So if there is suggestion in these devices, these kids are the most absorbed by it, the most absorbed. So either you're a mindless zombie or there are pockets of rage. And that's why, you know, we didn't have a constant barrage of school shootings before what the late nineties. And that wasn't constant. And, you know, um, it was, it was sparse. It was sparse. And then all of a sudden, in the 2000s, it just increased and it just got insane. It was just nonstop and it still is going on. But now we have people in the streets. Now we have riots. Now we have this. And, you know, we're only in the end of February here. I know, right? In 24, yeah. And uh, we're bound to see, I don't want this to happen. Trust me, I'm so sick of this. And I know all of you listeners out there are sick of this. I want this to stop. All of this just end. And it's all human error as far as I can see. Now, it might be induced by something alien in nature or an artificial intelligence that's already come to full realization and we don't even know. That's the thing. It's like, oh, what a nice, cool art program. Oh, cool. I can make movies now. Oh, cool. I can jump into virtual reality now. And it's like, are you not paying attention how quick this is moving? 
Nope. And who, Shiny tickets. Once again, ask questions. Who's the spokesperson for this technology? Mm-hmm. Who is the mm-hmm. singular or even the company head or the companies? We are not hearing from these people. What is the generator that's creating all of this? It must be huge, no? To make to ha- the power that re- is required to make something like this. What is it? So I know just as I was looking at my notes when you were asking that, I guess uh, Pro- Project Salus would be one to look at. It's AI powered DOD data analysis program. And it was to launch the Joint Artificial Intelligence Center, the GAIC. Um, in the United States, it assembled the leading technology companies, Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, Dell, and um, a couple others. So maybe that would be a source to look into. Could be. But how, how, how do you stop it? And there we should, can't. There should be. A, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I do. Not, but even the nanotechnology that's in the air, right? All of the smart dust that's in the air every day. How would you stop that? How would you control that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, even if you wiped out the whole system, there's still technology. You know, what 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 those nanos do that they we breathe in and if land I were on to it. imagine a way to stop it, let's mm-hmm. just say imagination. Yeah. You would have to collectively get most people to realize they're being manipulated right. and not in a good way. So they'd have to start resisting this stuff, turning their backs on it. That would be part one. Part two would be finding the source, whatever's generating this, where's the power source, where's the mainframe, and blow it up, you know? And and all their plans and all their garbage that led to this, burn it. Um, because it's not doing us any good. And if if the end game is us turning into a bunch of mindless, controlled zombie robots, that's nothing to look forward to. In in Cell, in the movie, uh, at the end, which was a much bleaker ending than than the book had. I love the book. Um, John Cusack's character seems to get to a point where he's about to rescue his son, and then it turns out that it's just millions and millions of mind-controlled zombies all walking in this around this big cell tower, okay, over and over and over again. And um, what's suggested is that they're all in a matrix, like the, their consciousness is somewhere else. He goes to this beautiful place at the end. They're going to go meet their friends in Canada. It's a completely different reality happening in his mind. But in reality, he's just walking around this cell phone tower, just walking around. Mm-hmm. A lot of deep stuff in those, what you would think are popcorn horror films. They're not. There's, there's, oh, there's more so being much said. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more being said in those movies. I agree. So I don't want to leave on a very bleak note, but if the more you think about this stuff, it's terrifying to see this happen. I mean, literally in months' time, you know, even the art programs, you can go from it being still images that are interesting, right? Mm-hmm. To then animated in images, to then very realistic images, but with weird things like mouths aren't being formed correctly, movements are just odd. It looks like yeah. a vision of hell. To now, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between AI and real. To yep. where is it going to be in five years? Where is it going to be in two years? It's It should be slowed down because it's not just art that's going to be affected. I mean, there are some positives, I guess, that can come out of this, but 
it doesn't feel positive. It feels quite nefarious in my opinion, because we don't have a handle on it. We have no handle on this. Well, we're still here. We're able to talk about it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so there is a sense of, we have some, you know, some kind of handle on it, but it is happening. I mean, um, in um, IBT technology, it, there's an article, it's AI powered. The metahumans are driving Indonesia's digital transformation. So they're using these metahumans. They're using these artificial beings to create a society. So we right now have a, have um, a power because we have the power of awareness. Once we no longer have the power of awareness, that's, that's when we're in trouble, right? But right now, you know, even though the technology's there and we can see the writing on the wall, we can change the writing on the wall. It's up to us. You know, people just have to take a little time and a little effort to reinvest in us versus surfing online or, you know, being there. And I guess the best way is to stop being mind controlled and take control of your mind. Welcome back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and I want to thank you for joining the conversation tonight. If the story of Cell or the Signal is happening, is creeping into our reality, I believe we're in trouble. But much like in the stories, there is hope, a possibility that we can beat this formidable enemy. I believe it begins with our own inner strength, discipline, and decision to put the proverbial Trojan horse away and experience life with what you were born with. Until next time.